Today I'm talking about Satan's secret weapon, talking about how the devil attacks believers and how when you understand how he operates, you can simply overcome him every single time. I'm also talking about some new sneakers, Satan shoes that have human blood in them, that have a pentagram on them. They're making 666 pair of these. They sold out in less than a minute. It's unbelievable. I'm going to be talking about that. I'm going to be answering questions about the Gog and Magog war and about UFOs. Are UFOs demonic in nature? What are they doing here? I'm going to be talking about that. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Well, welcome to the Tipping Point Show, and I want to talk about exposing Satan's secret weapon. We're talking about spiritual warfare and how to overcome the devil. Let me say one thing related to marriage. One of the resources that we have is called the Vision Retreat Guidebook. This is something my wife and I developed for couples to have a vision retreat. If you want to be victorious in your marriage, you have to have vision. Vision brings you together in unity, and this entire book helps you to go through the entire process of a vision retreat if you've done it, you know how powerful it is. If you haven't done it, this will lead you in the entire process of having a vision retreat as a couple. I'm, we've done this. My wife and I have done this for the last 25 years. It is phenomenal. So this is available now, visionretreat.com. And if you'll put in the promo code vision, you'll get $7 off of this. Encourage you to do that if you have never done this before. This is a brand new resource. We just got this in. So for all of you who do vision retreats or those who want to do one, this would be a great resource for you. Let me talk about exposing Satan's secret weapon. Now, Satan has been attacking humanity since Genesis chapter 3. Now, you know, the interesting thing is, according to one poll, over half of believers don't believe in the devil. Okay, Now, the devil has to love that. The devil shows up in the third chapter of the Bible, and he doesn't go away until the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation. There's only 22 chapters in Revelation. Satan exists in the Bible from Genesis 3 to Revelation 20. Jesus talked about Satan. Jesus fought Satan in the wilderness in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. And so the, the thought that Satan doesn't exist, this is what Satan loves. He absolutely does not want you to believe in him. And I want to talk to tell you about his secret weapon. Now, this is Genesis 3, where he begins his attack on humanity. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, here's the question. See, Satan could have uh, chosen any animal he, he wanted to choose in the garden. But why did he choose a serpent? It says the, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord has made. What does that mean, cunning? It means stealthy. Serpents are dangerous because they're stealthy. They blend in. Satan doesn't want you to know that it's him messing with you. He doesn't want you to know that. Now, I'm going to talk about these Satan shoes in the next portion of the program. And I want to talk about the danger of flirting with that type of thing. But most Christians, most people don't believe in the devil. They don't want to believe in the devil. 
And, and so what they don't understand is he doesn't want you to believe in him. He wants to come into your life and to destroy you without you ever knowing that it's him. Let me give you some scriptural proof of this. Now, this is Ephesians chapter 4. It says, be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Okay, the word devil there is the Greek word diabolos. It means slander. So Paul is saying here, go ahead and be angry. There's nothing wrong with being angry. Don't sin. Don't justify bad behavior because you're angry. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, let it become bitterness and unforgiveness. If you do go to bed on your anger, you open a door to diabolos, the slander. Okay, well, let me go back in my own marriage. My wife and I got married. We were 19 years old. It was 48 years ago. We got married. We fought. Uh, we loved each other, but we started fighting, and we just had a bad marriage. And I can't tell you how many nights I went to bed on my anger. And so remember, if you go to bed on your anger, you give Diabolos a foothold. He has an opening now. And what happens when you go to bed on anger is the devil comes and begins to introduce thoughts into your psyche, into your mind, into your subconscious. You don't know it's the devil. He slithers in, does not announce himself, and you're laying in bed mad, and you're sitting there, you know, rehearsing all the issues that are going on in your relationship. And did you know that many of those thoughts aren't even your thoughts? Did you know that many of those thoughts are the devil? And you wake up the next morning and you've been counseled by the devil and you don't even know it. After three years of marriage, I believed I had made a mistake. And I believed that my wife was the problem. And I was deceived. God miraculously intervened. We would have divorced. God miraculously intervened. And in his intervention... He began to show me my wife through his eyes. The, the bitterness that I had lived in for all of those years, God miraculously took away from me. And I began to see how precious my wife was and that I was the problem. She wasn't the problem. Here's the point. When you go to bed on anger, he slithers in. The devil slithers in. Some of you have experienced this. And let me, let me say this. So if you are bitter towards someone long term, now, we all get angry. We all have issues. But if you're bitter as someone long-term, you have deeply held beliefs about that person that came from the devil. When I was under the influence of Diabolos, because I was, I literally saw my wife through the devil's eyes. And this is what happens. When you go to bed on anger, the devil comes and introduces thoughts into your mind, which make you think you're right, they're wrong, and he begins to demonize them. He begins to put labels on them. He begins to say things to you so that you will justify your position. And literally, you have deeply held beliefs that are not of God. I'm saying to you right now, if you're bitter at anyone, if you're unforgiving towards someone, and you've had that for a while, I promise you, you have beliefs inside of you that came from the slanderer. The devil loves to divide relationships. And what the devil did in the Garden of Eden is he came in the form of a serpent. He didn't draw attention to himself. He just began to introduce thoughts into Eve's mind. And so he begins to introduce these thoughts. You know what it did? It divided their relationship with God. It divided their relationship with each other. And three chapters later in Genesis 6, the world was full of violence and corruption. The whole world was divided. And so the Diabolos cannot wait to come into your life and to destroy everything sacred in every sacred relationship. And the way that he does that is you go to bed on anger, he slithers in. You do not even know it's him. You wake up the next morning, you're under the influence. So how do you keep that from happening? You don't go to bed on anger. If you're a married couple, you have to get into the practice of talking things out every day. 
Don't go to bed angry. It, but you say, well, what if, what if my spouse won't deal with their issues? Devil-proof your own heart. And before you go to bed, say, Lord, I love them. I forgive them. I don't want to go to bed and stew on this all night. I forgive them. And then you try to talk it out with them. If you have to, you go to counseling. But the point being, you you can devil-proof your own heart, even if another person won't deal with their problems. Okay, So I'm not a captive of someone else. I, I'm not dependent on someone else to keep Diablos from coming and deceiving me. I have to understand the devil's secret weapon is stealth. I have to learn to uncover him and protect my heart from him. Let me give you another example of this. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of phobos, is the Greek word. Where we get our word phobia. It means fear. It means terror. And so did you know that God did not make you with fear? You're a fearless human being. You really are. God never uses fear. Uh, he uses love. And so fear, it says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a power and of a sound mind. Fear is anti-love, anti-power, and anti-sound mind. Uh, fear makes you powerless, it makes you a little crazy, and it makes you act selfishly rather than acting lovingly. And so God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, many people have fear of rejection, very common uh, fear, because love is our greatest need, and therefore rejection is our greatest fear. Uh, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of fill in the blank. Okay, And they come many times through hurts. Uh, past hurts in our lives or whatever like that. And Satan uses that fear. It's a spirit, a demon spirit of fear. And the reason that many people can't overcome their fear is because they treat it like it's their own fear. Oh, I've just got the fear of flying. Well, I've just got the fear of crowds. Well, I've just got the fear of this. I said, you really don't. God made you fearless. Now, there are good fears that God gave us. An example you're driving down the street, someone swerves into your lane, and you immediately fight or flight. You get out of their way. Okay, that's a good fear. It's temporary, it's instructive, and it's circumstantial. It, should, it comes and goes, but it helps you. Okay, it, it, it instructed you to do something that protected you. That's a good kind of a fear. But bad fear is chronic. It's paralyzing. It's, it's confusing. It, it's, it's the opposite of a good kind of a fear. Only Satan gives you that bad kind of fear. So the reason that many people can't defeat a spirit of fear, this is, is Satan. It's stealth. He comes and introduces this fear into your life, again, using hurt, past hurt, uh, unforgiveness, uh, trauma, abuse, whatever open door that he uses, he comes in. We need to learn to forgive people. That closes the door on the devil. We need to learn to uh, put the word of God into our life and not lies. That closes the door on the devil there. But the way to get free from fear is to disassociate it from yourself. In other words, this is not my fear. I, I, do, I do not. This is a demon spirit. And Satan, in Jesus' name, I expose you as a spirit of fear in my life. You say, well, what is the purpose of fear? Let me remind you. When the children of Israel went into the promised land, there were giants there. These were huge people. And the children of Israel, the 12 spies, came out of the promised land, and they said, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. We were this big compared to those big giants in there, and they were terrified except for Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb said, those giants, their protection has been lifted from, from them, and they will be our prey. Here's the point. The 10 spies compared themselves to the giants, Joshua and Caleb compared the giants to God. And Joshua and Caleb said, those giants are nothing compared to God. Their protection has been lifted from them. But the, but the 10 spies 
compared themselves to the giants and they were overwhelmed by fear. To overcome fear, you have to understand that it is a demon spirit. God has not given you that fear and you expose it and you bind it in the name of Jesus. Matthew 18, Jesus said, wherever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven. The word bind means to disallow. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Loose means uh, allow. And so in the name of Jesus, I bind you spirit of fear and I will not let you come and ruin my life. So here's my point about the promised land. The purpose of fear is to keep you from your promised land. Okay. When I started speaking, the Lord called me to speak when I was 19 years old. I had never been afraid of speaking before then. I was terrified of speaking once the Lord called me to speak. Terrified. I was terrified of speaking in front of five people. And I've spoken in front of millions and millions of people. Well, how did I overcome my fear of speaking? Well, first of all, I just, for the first few years I spoke, I was terrified every time I spoke. But one day I realized what I'm saying to you right now. And I realized this is not, this is not a normal thing. My terror of speaking in front of people, the reason that Satan put that fear in my life was to keep me from the promised land of speaking from you, speaking in front of you right now. Let me say, so what are your fears? What are your phobias? I'm saying, I think in most cases, your fears are connected to your calling. Your fears are connected to what God, the promised land that God has given you. And one of the reasons that God allowed the giants in the promised land was to make sure only a people of faith could have it. A people that were dominated by their fears would not be able to have that promised land. And I'm saying to you, disassociate your fears, your phobias from yourself. It isn't you. It is a demon spirit of fear that Satan has put on you to keep you from your promised land. Disassociate it. Bind it in the name of Jesus. Command it to leave you and say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your peace. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your confidence. And allow me, Lord, to uh, accomplish what you've called me to accomplish in life. Satan uses stealth to come as diabolos and to slander people, to divide relationships. He uses stealth to come as a spirit of fear to attach himself to us, to keep us from our promised land. One, one more scripture, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is a messianic prophecy talking about the ministry of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's depression. This, so it says, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Mourning there means grieving. The garment of praise is the spirit of heaviness. Did you know that that when you've getting beat up, you've been through a lot this last year, a lot of people have been through a lot. Did you know that the devil will beat the joy out of you, then he'll put a spirit of depression on you? And there's many reasons for depression. Sometimes it's biochemical, uh, sometimes it's your thinking. There's There are different reasons. So I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but did you know the number one reason for depression and deep discouragement, in my, in my opinion, is it's a spirit. You go through hard times. You know, you've been through rejection. You've been through difficulty. You've been through failure. You've been through financial stress. And you wake up one day and you're just depressed. And what it says is God gives us a garment of praise for in exchange for the spirit of heaviness. Here, I challenge you on something. Try praising God for an hour and being depressed afterwards. One of the reasons that we get depressed is because life just 
folds us up inside of ourselves. And we're just sitting around thinking about our problems all day long. It's called navel gazing. I'm just sitting here looking at my navel and thinking about all the things that are going wrong with it. Woe is me, woe is me. And what it says is put on the garment of praise. When the Bible says to put on something, it means it's not on you naturally. Is We naturally are negative. We naturally are grumblers. We naturally are selfish. But there comes a point in time, Jesus said, when you see all these things happening, these end time signs happening, look up and lift up your head. Your redemption draws near. Don't look around at all the problems around you. You'll just get depressed. But look up, your redemption draws near. And what I'm saying is a spirit of heaviness can come on you and all of a sudden you feel depressed. And I'm saying that is very real, but it's not you. It's a demon spirit. And how are you going to overcome it? The garment of praise. Psalm 149 says, let the saints of God put the high praises of God in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on their enemies. The praise is a weapon against Satan. Satan hates hearing about Jesus. He hates hearing about the glory of God, the power of God, the blood of Jesus. He hates all of that. And when you're praising God and you open your mouth, you begin to praise God. It is a sword through the belly of the devil. And demons, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When you begin to praise God, the devil cannot exist in that atmosphere because God is ministering in that atmosphere. So what I'm saying to you is don't be a victim of Satan's tricks and his schemes. And his number one scheme is stealth. Learn to uncover the devil Learn to bind him, cast him out of your life. You have authority as a child of God. You can beat the devil every single time. You just have to understand the game that he plays and to and to beat him in his own game. And I hope that this is encouraging to you. We're going to go to the next segment for all of the subscribers. If you're not a subscriber to endtimes.com, subscribe $7 a month, $77 a year. If you're not a subscriber, I'm going to say goodbye to you. If you are, stay tuned for the next segment.